This morning, I'm almost at the end of Summer Splash Series. Uh, next weekend is Student Sunday. Man, I love that. Our youth are going to testify to the Lord Jesus, what he's doing in our life. It's going to be great. And uh, then the following weekend, I'm kicking off a brand new series. That's enough about that. Here we go. This morning, I want to talk about pray. Y- y'all know I'm a praying pastor. Wrote a book on prayer. Love prayer. Lead a movement called Pray for Montgomery. It's just who I am. If I died tomorrow, I'd go. He was a prayer warrior. He talked about it a lot. He believed in it a lot. He, he called down for God to do miracles. How many of you believe that God's still working today? Absolutely. And he wants to intervene in your life. And some of you, you ain't even got to the plate yet. Some of you, man, you're experienced. And you could teach me and so many of us in here so much. So we need you. And some are really kind of scared of this concept called prayer because it's just kind of intimidating. The ABCs of prayer. I thought I'd just kind of make it easy. We're not going to go through all the ABCs. So somebody's like, man, how long are we staying today? I'm just going to do a few, okay? You know, I heard this story. I thought it was kind of good about the guy. The ship was sinking. It was going down fast right in the middle of the storm. And, uh, and, and, and the guy, the captain called out and says, hey, does anybody know how to pray? And this one guy steps forward. He goes, I do. I know how to pray. He goes, well, he said, that's good. He says, uh, since you know how to pray, we're short one life jacket. So you go ahead and start praying. <laughs> now, that's the way some of us treat prayer. We're like, okay, it's the last thing to do. It should be the first thing to do. We should be um, CIA's operative in action when it comes to prayer. Believers, Christ followers, I like to call them. We ought to be the ones that advance the gospel. We advance our prayers. People call on us. People call us on the phone. They text us. They come see us. And they go, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me? Would you come into agreement with me? And that's what we've built this church on is a lot of prayer, fervent prayer, fervent intercession, because we believe it gets God's attention. We really believe that it gets our attention when we humble ourselves and we call on him. But you know, there's a lot of prayer blockers out there. A lot of things that prevent us from getting our prayers past the ceiling. I'm convinced that's why a lot of people don't pray, because they're not really convinced that prayer makes a difference. When you get convinced that God is all-powerful and that he can do much more than you could ever dream of doing, then you'll start praying. But if you're not convinced, or here it is, let's just go ahead and throw it out there. You've been disappointed. God didn't come through. Didn't seem to come through. He didn't deliver. He didn't heal your mama. He didn't heal your wife or your husband. Your kid didn't make the team. You didn't get into the college you were trying really hard for. Maybe you didn't try. Maybe that's why you didn't get in. All these things, disappointments. I understand. I hear them all the time in my office. People come like, hey, I believe in prayer. Teach me how to pray, or I want to pray, or I'll pray for you. And I was like, I don't know about that prayer thing. That's time for the preacher or something else. Because God might disappoint me. I'm going to talk about a book today a little later, but I was just thinking about James just says, you have not because you ask not. You, you've not asked God. You've, you've not made petitions. You've not lifted them up to the Father. So this morning, I'm praying somebody's going to get a little, a little inspiration there. There's also these uh, selfish motives. Sometimes we ask. We don't have a problem asking. We just ask all the time. But it's all about me, all about me, all about me, all about me, 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 me. Those are pitiful prayers. God's really not glorified in that. You, you want to be glorified. You want to be first. And Christ wants to be imminent. He wants to be supreme. He wants less of you and more of him in your life. He must increase. I must decrease. Just right now, John 3.30. It's one of my favorite passages. I've always loved that verse. And when I live that verse, and when you live that verse, it's very attractive because people see Jesus. And when you are greater and Christ is less, they see you. And some of you have really awesome personalities. And some, I will just, you know, you turn to the person next to you, you go, do I have an awesome person? No, don't do that. Okay. But we want to see Jesus. 
You know, sometimes our doubt gets in the way, our unbelief. We waver, we discount, we, we don't really think God could come through. We don't think that he would. We're not sure that he loves us that much. I'm like, really? Have you looked at the cross lately? That's all about God's love. Have you looked at your maid? Have you looked at your kids? Have you looked at your feet move and your hands? Uh, yesterday, I went uh, on the CUSA with our students yesterday and didn't fall out. Praise God. Yeah, well, it wasn't very cool for you, but it was for me. I used to wipe water when I was a student pastor and haven't done that in a long time. And they said, hey, you know, we're going to CUSA. And Don and I, hey, let's go for that. And we went for it. And let me tell you a funny, quick story. When Don and I were doing youth in college many years ago, we went on a canoe trip one time. We took a big group of people, and she, she never go white water with me, but probably because of this experience. And we went, and we got in the canoe, and we were going down this really slow-moving, pitiful body of water. Just remember, slow-moving. Donna's in the front. You need to remember that. And we're going down this thing, and all of a sudden, I know that there's this tree, and there's these big limbs hanging off, and, and boom, hit special woman. Just nailed her, man. Hit, hit her, and she threw her arms up to protect her body. And uh, we went to marriage counseling for two years after that. <laughs> no, we didn't. We, we probably should have. And yet it was her idea. She goes, hey, let's, let's, let's go to the Kusa. But let me tell you what she did. My wife's smart. 34 years of marriage coming up. She's learned some things. I'm getting my own kayak. <laughs> and she did. And I had mine. I actually got stuck on the rocks. But uh, other than that, it was, it was all, hey, what are you laughing about? Okay, anyway, it was all good. But our doubts, see, they get in the way. A prayer life, we, we, we get selfish. So we doubt, we waver, we get selfish, we ask for wrong motives. And yet Jesus says, I want you to have pure hearts. I want you to have clean hands. I want you to chase me. I want you to chase my heart. There's no obstacles here that can really thwart God if we present our hearts and our lives to him. Saying, Lord, give me clean hands. Give me pure hearts. Father, show me how to chase you, how to, how to pursue you today, God. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family derives his name. For my God is able, whatever I'm facing. How many believe that this morning? My God is able. My God is a delivering God. He's a great deliverer. He's a great defender. And I love to make great declarations that Jesus Christ is supreme and he's Lord. And he wants to help you. You know, let's turn over here real quick. We're going to look at a lot of different verses. But I want you to turn over to Ephesians with me. I know you're saying, every time he talks about prayer, he has to go to this verse. Well, it's kind of like my life verse for prayer. I mean, it just, it's just tattooed on my soul, and I'm hoping it's getting on your heart. Listen to Ephesians 3, 20. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. So it'll say a little different than NIV, NAS, or whatever translation, but listen to this. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Our God can do so much more than you ask, dream, think, imagine, infinite, more. That's God. And that's why I beg you and I urge you today to begin a life of audacious prayers that you risk and you go for it. Because I think there's a lot of prayers we're not praying. Because we're disappointed, we're doubting, we're selfish. I, I don't know, you, you, you just fill in the blank, whatever the reason is. This morning, I'm praying that God is going to spur you to become a man or woman or boy or girl of prayer, of intercession. That God might do more in you than you'd ever dreamed. That God might heal brokenness in your life. That God might heal relationships in your midst. That he might give you wisdom. That he might provide for the greatest need that you have. 
that he might breathe hope into your situation. My God is a God of everlasting, eternal hope. Do you know that God? He's hope-filled. Hope's his name. And I'm praying today, some people are going to say, you know, I'm going to start believing God. I'm going to get after it. But let's look at the outline here today or I'll never get there. I, I just love this topic. Look across the top. Proverbs 15, 8. The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but he delights in the prayers of the upright. You know who the upright are? Those that abide in Jesus Christ. Those that have been redeemed by the blood. They're robed in the righteousness of Jesus. Those that are saved. Those that are born again. Those that are filled with the Spirit. Those are the upright this morning in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says that God detests the wicked. Or their, their prayers are. But he delights. His desire is for his children to talk to him. Wait. For his children to listen to him. It's a dialogue. It's not a monologue that we've made it. Oh, please talk to him. Talk to him often. Yesterday on the river, I'll just go ahead and tell you. I, I pray all the time, but I made several prayers. You know, the rapids aren't real big on that river, but that you still, we saw a few people flip over that I'll leave nameless, but I want to call their names because it was funny. But yet we got to this moccasin gap. Some of you have been there. And Jeff and all them, I'm kind of standing back. You know, I'm a little older than them, and that means I'm a little wiser or something. I don't know. Chicken. I don't know. All this stuff I used to do. And, and Jeff comes over there. And he goes, hey, wouldn't you like to go? I'm like, uh, yeah, not, not really. And then, I don't know, something came over me. There might have been the students might have been praying. I don't know what happened. I said, yeah, I'll go. And as soon as I said yes, here's the words of our illustrious worship pastor that loves me. Hey, I got a newbie. Come on. That makes you feel so good, you know? So I go down there, and, and I jump in, and I do it. But I got to tell you, even this morning, I was up to about 2 this morning, and I was up early this morning praying. For just a split second, I thought I was going to see Jesus. When I hit the water, and that current took me really, you laugh, but you weren't there. And, and I started swimming really hard, and I thought I was in the undertow that I did when I was 18 years old, and I didn't quite make it. And you kind of swim to the bank, and I reached out, and the youth just kind of went, hey, like that, and, and missed me. <laughs> And for a split second, I thought, Pastor dies on the Kusa, you know? That's a great story, isn't it? But this morning in my heart, I was like, whoa, God deliver me. So I got the t-shirt now, and we can go on. Okay, here we go. All right, so God is able. He provides meaning. But I want to ask you a question. I want you to write it on your notes. How much progress have you made this past year in your prayer life? How much progress have you made the last 10 years if you're a believer? been a believer for a long time. But just in the last year, what kind of progress have you made? Uh, I would call this evaluation. Just evaluate where you are. And don't stay there. Press on. Press in. Mature. Grow. We're going to be doing men's discipleship this year in a new focus called triads. And it already looks like, I'm, I'm giving glory to Jesus it looks like we're going to disciple over half the men in our church in 2013, 2014. Can you just give Jesus praise? That's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing God for. That's a lot. Okay, well, you're not near as excited as I am about it. I thought it was pretty powerful. All right. I want to ask you this question. What is the season? You know, the scripture talks all about there's a season for this. There's a season, there's a season for everything. I'm asking you, what is the season? I'll tell you what I think the season is. a season for prayer. It's a season for intercession. It's a season for petitions. 
We're coming up on our 17th anniversary. We'll complete 17 years September the 8th. And Jeff and I are working on some things with the staff that will hopefully happen, but I won't discuss that. But I will tell you what I know we're going to do. We did this several years ago, and I just thought the Lord's calling me back to it. You know, we fast every year as a church, and everybody hates me, and they love me, and we do a 21-day fast in January. But we're going to do this. And, and somebody, oh, no, he's not saying the fast word, is he? No, I'm not. We're going to have a week of prayer, just a solid week of prayer here at the church, the week of the anniversary. And I'm going to invite you at different times. It'll be morning, it'll be noon, it'll be nights. It'll, it'll just be different times according to what day it is. And we're just going to pray. We, I believe it's a season of prayer for the church, for this church, but for all the church. How many of you believe the church needs to get to prayer? I do. I mean, the church needs to get, they don't need to hear a lot of sermons about prayer. we got a lot of sermons, man. You can listen to 9 million of those podcasts. But I want to see the church pray. A season. You know, the Muslims, man, they're disciplined. They, they pray with such fervor. They pray five times a day, They're, or really more than that. They just pray and pray and pray. Think about Daniel. I love the story of Daniel. There he is, high commander, leader, and they come in and go, I got this one thing against you. All right, what'd you do? He prays. He prays three times a day. He throws open the windows toward Jerusalem and he prays. Huh? That's all you got? That was pretty big. And when I look at his example, the Old Testament prophets, and I look at the New Testament, I look at the disciples, and you see how great they were. Jesus said, hey, come, go with me. Come. Can you watch and pray? I mean, they're snoring. I mean, they didn't make it, okay? And Jesus is calling us this morning to pray, and I believe it's a season of prayer for our church, and I hope that as we get into that, you'll participate. But let's look at the first one, acknowledge. It's the first blank. Acknowledge the authority of Jesus Christ and his reign and rule in your life. If you want to be a prayer warrior... If you really want to get to know God in a real deep and personal and profound way, you've got to acknowledge his authority in your life, and you begin to, to go after it. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority on heaven and earth. See, Jesus emptied himself. I, I still don't understand that. I understand that from theology and studying, but Jesus incarnate God in the flesh, in the body, empties himself of divine, and he, he becomes one of us, lives among us for 33 years, empties himself out that he can totally identify and sympathize and understand the, 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 the mankind, our nature, our weaknesses. And yet then the Lord, the Father, pours back on that authority. But he says, he has authority. Acknowledge the authority of Jesus Christ, and I believe it gets you moving in prayer. Look at Ephesians 1, 21 and 22. They're going to come up on the scripture or on the screen here for us. You know, now he who is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. So today, if you ask me, who is the head of the church? It is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is the head of any church. Amen? Now, some men don't acknowledge it. They go, I, I, I'm the head. Uh, you ain't the head, man. You're just a figurehead. You're just talking, okay? It's Jesus. Study the book of Colossians, and you'll see the supremacy of Christ. Won't you, Bruce, hold it? I thought I saw him walk in. Anyway, he loves Colossians. Acknowledge the authority and the rule of Jesus. Let's move through this. Acknowledge who God is. He's in heaven. He's creator. He's ruler. He's redeemer. He's resurrection. He's life. He's power. We, we could go through all these things about who God is in our life. Look at the B. Believe that he hears and he works when we call upon him. See, here, here, here's the thing I think a lot of times we don't pray because we don't really believe. We doubt. We waver. 
We hope. We reckon. We wish. Maybe. We don't believe. Are you believing God for something huge in your life this morning? Are you believing God for something huge in the life of the church, in the life of your family, or your marriage, or whatever? I, I like what Mark eleven twenty four. 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received, it will be yours. If you believe, if you trust, completely raw dependence. This is not name it and claim it prosperity theology. This is dependent on holy God casting all our care upon him because he cares for you. How many believe that this morning? Lord, I believe you. I believe you can do that. I believe you can save my neighbor. God, I believe you can transform this relationship. God, I believe you can heal the sick. God, I believe that you will present me to the Father perfect and blameless one day. So many of us are praying great prayers. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this. I'm going to get ahead of myself, and I'm just so excited, i got to tell you. I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. It's just who I am. It's the way who Christ has made me to be for the last 35 years walking with Jesus. But the Lord revealed to me three months ago something that I didn't like. I realized that I'd gotten in a safe mode. I had settled. I'd quit risking as much. And I went back in my, in my back office. I call it the cave, and I have a dry erase board. And I went up there, and I wrote on these words. Dream again. And I look at it all the time. And your pastor has begun to dream again. And I believe dreams are for young men and for old men. And what I'm saying to you today, I don't care how old or how young you are, it is time for the church of the living Christ to believe and to dream and to trust God with some audacious prayers and believe that he can do things that will magnify the name of Jesus. Amen? Come on, church. That's who he is. And you're saying, well, what kind of stuff are you praying for? Are you praying you're going to get hair? No, I'm not praying I'm going to get hair. I don't care. It bothers you a lot more than it does me. I don't have hair. I mean, I make fun of my yarmulke. I go, hey, I got my yarmulke on everywhere I go. And all my Jewish friends think it's cute. You know, the other people, hey, whatever, man, he's talking about it. I had a guy here years ago. He comes to me and goes, hey, I got some drugs for you. It'll help you grow hair in your hair. Like, take it away. I, I don't need that. I got, I got cholesterol issues now. I don't need something else to see. Are you trying to get me to die early? I don't know. What are you trying to do, dude? You know, I don't care. But I believe God. Here, let me just tell you a couple of things I'm praying. I'm praying for a $1 million gift to pay off our facility and get debt free. Anybody got a million? Come forward now and this service will be over. <laughs> and the elders will have a tougher job. They'll have a pastor search committee quickly. But I believe, I believe one day it is coming soon. I'm believing God to deliver and to do that. I've been believing God for us to have ministry to the nations. You see these flags. We've been doing that. God's raising up. We have a, a Mexico international office at the end of the hall now. John and I had the joy of meeting with Nathan and Charity on Friday night. Yeah, God's doing that. I can just tell you prayer after prayer. I'm praying for God to raise up staff, and I believe God's going to do that without us having to pay them. That has to be a miracle. Yeah, years, that is a miracle. You got, what have you been drinking? Mountain Dew yesterday, but not today. Okay, here we go. I'm believing God. I just believe God. I'm believing God to restore. Here's the big one. I'm asking God for 3,000 souls, new converts in Jesus Christ in the next 10 years. I'm asking God to redeem for the glory of his name 3,000 new believers that will go to heaven when they die. Amen. I don't know how he's going to do it. Yeah, you're saying, dude, you pray that kind of stuff? Yeah, my God's great. And I, and I got a, I got a whole list. You can come see them, or maybe I won't show them to you. I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, but, but I'm, I just believe that when we believe God does great things, we, when we're courageous and we trust and we believe that he's trustworthy. Look at the C. We confess our sins and commit to the discipline of prayer and delight in him. 
Nobody likes that, confess. Well, it's not so bad confessing to God. And if you try to hide it from God, that's about the most foolish thing because he knows all anyway. But James says, confess your sins one to the other. Now, the, the illustration of the video that was so funny, and we all laugh, like, oh, this is a shallow church. This is a shallow group. We'll never share our feelings. Unpack. We're not unpacking squat. <laughs> Let me just tell you, we might unpack it sometimes. Now, I'm not calling for emotional therapy every week and everybody get out snot rags and let's cry. And do, oh, excuse me. I, I, I wasn't supposed to say that with women here. I'm so, sorry, girls. Erase that tape. Okay. But, and there might be a time that we cry. Hey, I cry. I know men that cry. It's okay. But I'm saying we need to confess our sins one another. The Bible says there's, there's healing comes then. How many believe that? I do. The scripture says it. I believe his word. So God says confess your sins. Commit to the discipline of prayer. What are you committing to? You see, Elijah was an ordinary man. We make Elijah superhuman, and he was a prophet, and he was great. But Elijah, guys, let me just tell you, Elijah was like us in the fact that he was human. But here's what I love about Elijah, and I want you to write it down for your life. Prayer marked the life of Elijah. And he was fervent, and he prayed, and God withheld the reins, and he prayed, and God released the reins. But he was a warrior. He knew God. And I believe when we really get this prayer thing right, that we can pray some very bold prayers that give Jesus glory. And there's many things that he'll do, because he's, but he's, he's going to do what he's going to do. He's sovereign. So prayer marks us. Listen to Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. When our delights align with his desires, they magnify his eternal kingdom, not our kingdom, and he gives us the desires of our heart. Now, if your desires are all about you, you're probably not going to see a lot of that. Maybe you, he might give you some of that. I don't know. But delight in him. Delight in his presence. Delight in his word. We're always praying about God, make us a church of the word. Make us a people that love the word. God, make us a people of action that do the word, not mere hearers. See, today, some of you are hearing this message about prayer. You're like, oh, great message on prayer. Oh, that was funny. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was convicted. Hey, baby, let's go eat lunch. I did a funeral not long ago, and I opened the man's Bible, and it was sweet. He had all his bulletins in there, and, and, and that was really sweet. But I'm just wondering, how many did he practice? And he might have practiced a lot of them. I don't know. But I don't want to just fill up your notebooks. I want Jesus to transform your heart and mind. How about you, church? I want transformation. Man, that's what our world needs. Learning to pray is, is listen to this, learning to pray is a discipline. There's disciplines in your life, and disciplines are good, and disciplines are not fun. But they provide, and we reap what we sow. And I'm begging you with everything I have to sow into your life, the life, the discipline of prayer, and I promise you, you will be down the road spiritually in a great way, headed for the eternal kingdom on that narrow road that leads to life eternal. But don't discipline yourself. Don't pray. And you'll forfeit and you'll miss out so much that the Father has for you. Now, let me say it this way. We'll miss out because we won't be the recipients of your prayers. Oh, Lord, do it. Let's look at the D. Draw near and draw circles for his glory. Now, there, there's a book I, I read a lot. Donna reads a lot. We love to read. I've got, you know, hundreds of books, you know, thousands of books, but hundreds probably on prayer. And I bought one this past year. Matter of fact, 
the, the staff hates when I go on vacation because I come back and I, I got a legal pad full of stuff and I'm thinking of this and I got ideas. And I'm like, ah, oh, what are we going to do? You know? But we haven't read a book since the I2, the Church of Irresistible Influence, and I still think that's a kingdom concept and our church wants to be I2, irresistible for the glory of Jesus. And we can talk about that, but I got to do this. Here it is. Get it. I don't get any royalties from it, so I can talk about it, okay? The Circle Maker, Mark Batterson, phenomenal writer, really passionate. I read this book. I've marked every page. If you don't believe me, ask Dialogue. Yeah, he highlights and draws and everything. I liked it so much, I went out and bought my staff all a copy of it. And then I dropped the gauntlet. Hey, guys, we're going to read The Circle Maker. Ah. Already, though, we've had testimony like, wow, what great insight. How interesting, how valuable. And honestly, I'm just holding it up just for a resource, maybe as you're headed, you know, school's about to start, new disciplines kick in, you might just consider this reading for this year along with your Bible. I, I just think it could push us. Just a few things here. The whole thing is, it's this excellent read is intensity, passion, pursuing God, circling situations that you're facing, praying bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. If you look at my journal, I'm a journaler, I've journaled for years, you can look at my journal and there's lots of circles. And some of your names are in circles. And situations are in circles. And the million dollar gift is in a circle. And the 3,000 souls is in a circle. Because what I do is, by dependence on God, I circle these situations and I pray them consistently. It's a great concept. Honey, the uh, circle maker, that's the, the legend of the Talmud. That, it comes from all that. It's a great thing. And he basically... This guy had learned from Elijah. And I'm just holding it up today. I, I could do a whole commercial on it. That's not my goal. But listen to this one quote. I want you to hear it. The greatest moments in life are when human impotence and divine omnipotence intersect. Your frailty, your weakness, your zero, with the omnipotence of mighty God come together. What do you think happens? Miracles. Glory. I'm just begging you to join me in this great pursuit of a holy God. I mean, we sing great songs, and we worship, and we do studies together, and we do all kinds of great things. We do missions. Matter of fact, uh, well, I'll talk about it in a minute. Let's just keep going. Here, here's, a, here's a principle. This could help somebody in your quiet time. When you're reading the Word of God, I take it that you read. I always try to tell you, read the Word, read the Word. You can miss everything I say, but if you read the Word, you're on your way to heaven. Here it is. I want you to take this book. I want you, well, not this one. I got it. Okay, take your own. All right, take your Bible. <laughs> Somebody had to walk up, so he said, take it. Okay, all right. I want you to take your Bible, and I want you to begin to read it, and I want you to begin to circle the promises that God gives you in his word. I want you to circle the promises of God for you, and then begin to pray those back to the Heavenly Father, and begin to watch him work in your life, and believe this, that you will find God is for you. He is not against you. My God is for you. Your God is for you if you know him. Begin to circle the holy promises of Scripture. You know, I'm going to know one day if I'm still living and you're, die, you're dead, you're dying, you're dead. That'd be cool. I mean, not, <laughs> I mean let me rephrase that. Like, man, that's cool. I'm living and you're dead. You're laughing. Okay, all right, all right, here we go. My life verse is to live as Christ who dies gain. I think it would be pretty cool, but let's say you're upset about that. Okay. But it would be awesome to talk with your family. Say, so can I see your Bible? And just go over and pick up a Bible full of circles. He said, that was a woman. That was a man. 
That was a teenager after the heart of the Father. And they believed God for his word. And they believed that the Lord was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. He's not a dead God. He's so alive. What do you ask God for? God doesn't answer vague prayers. He answers specific prayers. Begin to pray specific, humble, dependent prayers that give him praise. Now, you know, they're going to be different. Some of, some of our prayers are going to be uh, common. They're going to be similar. And others will be very different according to our situations. But we'll dream and we'll pray. The size of prayer depends on the size of our God. Your size of your prayers depends on how great you think God and how big God is. I've just discovered God is so big and he's so holy and he's so loving. And yes, he's so patient and he's so kind that all should come to repentance in Jesus Christ. But we have to turn. We have to listen to Psalm 32, 7. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. That's from the King James Version. It says it a little bit different here. But this whole thing is that, um, look at, have I got uh, Psalm 34, 7? I want you to see this verse. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. I was reading this verse one day, and it was funny. I just read The Circle Maker. I got up off my knees in excitement. I went, man, God, this, now I know it's the contemporary idiom of the scriptures from Eugene Peterson. Give it a little liberty. But I love it. God's angels. We sing about God's angels, God's armies here. It's a great, you know, Chris Tomlin deal. But listen to this. God's angels set up a circle of protection around us while we pray. So yesterday, while your pastor was in the river, and God's angels circled me, and I went, glory to God. I knew this verse because I've been praying it. You're saying, you're, you're kind of crazy. Yeah, I am. I'm crazy about Jesus. I had a guy come to me the other day. He says, you know that book you were so nuts about a few years ago, Crazy Love? I said, yeah, I read it three times. He said, I finally read it. That's an awesome book. I thought, well, listen to me next time, okay? Crazy Love. God's crazy, passionate, in love with you. He wants you to pursue him. So we begin to, to go through this, and we see the goodness of God, and we keep on praying. I like what Romans 12, 12 says. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. In other words, persist. Don't quit. Don't stop. Be tenacious. Endure to the end. Bless the name of Jesus. But pray. Church, I, I say it a, so many different ways, but I just believe if, if we'll join together in corporate prayer, I can't dream or imagine of what, how great things God could do in our midst for his namesake. If we come together as the people of God, we want to be religious. We don't want to wait expectantly. Listen to Psalm 5.3. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you, and I wait expectantly. Are you waiting expectantly on the Lord? I am. I'm waiting more expectant today than I've ever waited in my years of following Jesus. I'm so excited about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Uh, I hear all the time, oh man, pastor, our world's so bad. Ah, oh, the Middle East, ah, oh, this, all oh, that. I mean, I know there's all kinds of problems, man. We, we can talk about that until, you know, they got cable news networks to do that for us. Or we can talk about how great our God is and that our God's above all things. Amen? And we get eternal. I, I got to tell you, sometimes, you know, you know what, I'm going to tell you something right now. This is going to help somebody. Some of you just need to turn the TV off sometimes. Can I just go ahead and tell you? And you need to pick up the Bible, and you need to go sit with Jesus and get a perspective of it. Whoa, glory to God. There we go. 
uh, and get a, <laughs> that was funny, and get a perspective of eternity. I, I guess the, the networkers weren't very happy about me making that statement, cutting the TV off. Okay, but here it is. Just pray. Believe God. Lord. I mean, somebody are like, oh, Pastor Keith, do you like talk radio? I just want to go ahead and tell you my humble opinion. No. And I know I'm, I'm not saying it's demonic. It's close. But no, 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 I'm not going there. It's fine. And some of you are like, ah. but I watch it. If I listen to talk radio, my blood pressure goes up. <laughs> I mean, I just get irritated. And like, God, hey, how about sports radio? I know you look. No, I really don't want to listen to that. That really makes me mad. I was like, man, I, I catch some news here. I catch ESPN, the anointed channel. And then I, and then I move on. I go, God, I want to hear from you. I like what Jesus said here. Before daybreak, Mark 135, the next morning, Jesus got up early. He went out to an isolated place and he prayed. What I want you to do, I just want you to pray. I want you to pray often. I want you to pray in the morning, pray at the noon, pray in the evening, pray when you lay down. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, give us the program of prayer. God, teach us to align ourselves with your heart and to fervently seek you, Father God. We want to learn to pray and we want to learn and we want to know that it requires patience and it requires passion and it requires persistence. Oh God, I pray that you would ignite Christ Community Church to become a passionate place. Listen to this. The more demanding your day, the more important the prayer time becomes. The more demanding your day seems to be, and I know we all get demands and schedules and all this stuff, but the Lord has just been screaming this to me in his love. That's when you need to pray the most, Keith. That's when you need to pray the most, sister. God is calling you to himself, and when you don't have the resources and you're overwhelmed, that's a great time to go, God, i got to pray. But here's another great time to pray. When you think you've got all the resources and all the ability, that's a great time to depend on God. Just pray, Lord, I seek you. I want to be honest with you. Look at the E with me quickly. Exalt his name above all things. Exalt the high name of Jesus. Psalm 57, 5 in the word of God says this. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. I love that passage and how it gives glory to Jesus Christ. Acts, the second chapter, the 33rd verse. Listen to this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven. At God's right hand, and the Father, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see in here today. Jesus, would you be exalted? I want you to write this statement. It's going to come up on the screen now. Get to praying, church. Get to praying. Let's do it together. Let's have some brown bag prayer meetings. I've been leading a, a, a ministry for decades now. Every Monday morning, I pray with men at 645. Join us, men. You change your life. Becky leads groups of women. There's all kinds of other things that we want to see happen, and I just believe that I wrote it right here across the bottom. Don't let Satan trick you into giving up the priceless privilege of communicating with our God. He's deceived some people. He's a deceiver. He's a cunner. He's a liar. But Jesus invites you to seek him, to worship him. How desperate are you for a miracle? I'll close with that today. How desperate are you for a miracle? Are you desperate enough to become passionate about prayer? Are you desperate enough to maybe stay awake? <clears throat> Last night, it's interesting, I, I didn't understand it. The Lord wouldn't let me go to sleep. 
So at 2 o'clock, I went off to sleep. I was praying for the word. I was praying for you. It was just one of those nights of holy intercession that I needed to be faithful and pray. You're saying, wow, you're so holy. Oh, no, ask Donnie. She'll tell you, I'm not so holy, okay? But sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't. I'm just encouraging you. Would you join me in the great effort of prayer? And pray, church. God can do immeasurably more than we ever ask or imagine. I like the life of Moses. He prayed. God delivered Israel from judgment. Joshua prayed, and God caused the sun to stand still. Pretty cool. Hannah prayed, and God gave her a baby boy. Solomon prayed, and God gave him wisdom. Elijah prayed, and God sent rain from heaven. Jonah prayed, and God delivered him from the belly of a well. And the thief of the cross prayed. And Jesus gave him an eternal kingdom paradise. What happens when you pray? Close your eyes and pray with me. Lord Jesus, it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And Lord, I pray that you are calling people, you're calling all of us to yourself. And Jesus, I confess, I've tried to do a lot of things on my own. And I bet my friends have. So today, Lord, I ask that we learn to call upon you and depend on you. Lord, put in us a spirit of intercession individually, as families, and as a faith family, that we would learn to pray and see the deliverance of the Lord and, and the miracles and the goodness of God. Lord, we love you.